and you could tell that they were kind of going for that seductive thing when she like, like you know she pours the drips juice on herself. the juice down I was thinking that's gonna and... run down to her cooch and give her a yeast infection <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to two maddening hours of horror and fright. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Che cosa preferisci? I soldi o un bacio? Non sai che hanno ucciso un altro amico. Children of the night. What music they make. I'm Candy, the final girl. They are my brothers, and I love them. And I'm Shauna the Dead. She's not stupid. She's retarded. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And this is the house that screams tonight. We are talking about the 1972 Jalu classic, Don't Torture a Duckling, by Lucio Fulci. We have Crystal. Which would you prefer, a kiss or money? Mm. Money. We have Dave German. Excuse me, I gotta take a crap. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Erica Wright. Oh, I don't have a quote for this. <laughs> and that is okay. It is. You said you something great in chat, time. which was. Va, fanculo. But not for the dialogue. <laughs> and that's fair. <laughs> I struggled. I struggled to find a quote for this. And I picked yeah. this movie. So I'm just gonna <laughs> launch into that. I, I chose this movie and I wanted to do it for quite some time um i'm in the popular opinion that this is lucio fulci's best movie that is widely considered to be a fact uh most people are like yeah this is his best movie ever and what's different about that is that uh it's uh it has some trademarks that he would become famous for later but this is just a straight giallo film it doesn't no eye slashings there's no um, there's the, there's the beginnings of the gore that we would get, and it set a new standard. It's very important film, but it's just a strictly straightforward Jalo film. 
what makes it stand apart are those like effects and the effects are kind of laughable and i'm just going to address those right off the bat because that's where people and i start to argue <laughs> the scene at the end yes i'm jumping right there um where our our killer falls off the cliff and it's like you got this beautiful like operatic music playing and it's like Spoiler emotional alert. and then he's falling down the side of the cliff and his face is scraping and it looks so ridiculous i mean it's, it's like, like so sparking bad. it's like sparking off the rocks yeah, yeah. i noticed the spark like maybe he had braces or i, I just saw <laughs> it's all that you know catholic metal in his face i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but so and, and then they show him like when he's airborne it looks like literally looks like a blow-up doll in a room it, it doesn't even it doesn't like spatially make any sense but i think it's important that we have that scene i, I mean now we laugh about it but in 1972 that was pretty like fucking awesome and i think it was still laughably bad doesn't look super realistic but nobody really had the balls to show that kind of violence mm. usually a camera would cut away or we'd get a long shot or you know like inferred that this happened or the after effect of him on the ground this shows it all and doesn't like pull any punches and i think it's brave to do that and not to have the technology that we have now and the effects that we have now and just say i'm still gonna fucking go for this i'm gonna do it um that and i think the gore is much better done with the uh the whipping scene oh yeah um, which in quotes i'm saying because they don't even refer to her name like except for once they call her the witch but that scene, the gore is way better done. And I think that it's important that we have those. And he would later like recreate some of this stuff in his gorier works. But what he sacrificed for all that gore later, being the godfather of gore, is we lost story. We lost uh, interesting characters. When we did that, we, we did a house by the cemetery and that had no fucking plot, no story, <laughs> nothing, but we had some gore. And that's Don't remind cool. and that's me. What he became known for, but I like to point to this movie and say, there's a story. We've got some gore. There's interesting mm -hmm. characters. Shit happens in it. It makes fucking sense. And it's, you know, a straightforward jello. And so like he, he is capable of that. And so, yeah, I'm going to just say like, don't come at me with how bad these effects are. These effects need to exist. And the story is great. Yeah. I told uh, candy before we hopped on here that uh, the American version of this actually should have been translated to fuck them kids. <laughs> <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just... <laughs> um, you know, candy talking about the, the gore in this, it, the ending scene is laughable um to and I'll, i'm trying to be kind because yeah you're right for 72 yeah great but it's like watching this through the lens of you know 2023 now uh and everything that we've had since then you know it's kind of hard to put myself in that that position to like look at this through eyes of like you know it, existing in just 1972 um you follow that body for what seems to be like a five mile drop it's it, i mean it feels like it goes on forever um, yeah and he's just he hits it and like every time he hits it it sparks and a little yeah. a little bit of, of of his the flesh you know disappears um the only other honestly for me, the, the only other comical bit was the drowned boy, the way the, the body looked under the water. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just just the second it flashed to it, like I lost it. Um, and, 
And and the fact that the priest looked like a young Stephen King. Huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But but you know, talking about the the uh the chain whipping scene with the witch, mm-hmm. like very well done. Um and the gore in that is very similar to a lot of the other effects that he's used in other films. Um and you know, all in all with this film, like so I, I had seen quite a bit of Fulci uh leading up to this, but I had only seen this. When did we watch this for the first um, the first time for me? Four or five years ago. Four or five years ago, yeah. Yeah. And you know, and like that was we've the English job a bit. Yeah, and like we've we've talked on here a couple of other times, not a huge fan of Giallo. Um I'll take Italian horror over Giallo any day of the week. Um but this not bad. Not bad. Um, you know, I, I want to give it credit because it's Fulci, because I love Fulci, but I this is, in my opinion, by far not Fulci's best work. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I, was I know, I had it coming. Uh, we were watching the, um, the, the last, we were watching the movie last night, and that final scene with him falling down the cliff for five minutes, I was thinking about the, uh, the Aunt Bunny routine from Eddie Murphy. Falling down the stairs. I'm falling down the stairs. I'm halfway down now. <laughs> and the other thing that came to mind is at the beginning, uh, the the you get prostitute delivery apparently over there. They they, they drive themselves. I wrote down Uber fucks. Yeah. <laughs> they have like a system of letting each other know. <laughs> lot of, one thing I did like about this movie a lot, a lot of a lot of good red herrings, a lot of uh, plausible oh, red herrings. So mm-hmm. it did keep you uh, guessing a little bit. Although, you know, it, it was surprising that it was that it was such a harsh criticism of the Catholic Church being an Italian film from the seventies, mm-hmm. which I guess why it, is why it didn't get a broader release because that was a big no-no in the seventies. I guess you couldn't absolutely. Yeah, and, and I, I think I, I it liked, wasn't. I'm sorry, Dave. I don't mean to interrupt. It, it no, wasn't no. even brought to the states until 2002. Wow. If I remember correctly. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, any. I mean, Anchor any, Bay. Anchor Bay. Any, yeah. Any any criticism of the church, I'm down for. So. And now Arrow has it. So. Yay! <laughs> I got with uh, <laughs> Um, this is a movie. Um, we were watching this last <laughs> night. And it is, uh, it gets a checkbox for me in uh, genre films that cause migraines because I am suffering over here. Oh, no. um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we were watching this on Tubi, and we don't really watch much off of Tubi. It did not have subtitles. Yes. So we were trying to figure out what the fuck was going on in this movie and trying to follow it. And then, like, I spaced out ADD spaced out and then I was like what the fuck are they trying to sell me tied in this comer- in this movie for <laughs> it took me a solid like two or three minutes to figure out that oh this man um <laughs> and not related to the movie <laughs> like <laughs> I don't think it's quite my jam um but I you know tried to read some on this movie you know if, if this is what people like that's what people like I don't understand it um but I was excited to see the little redhead girl until they were like, she's not a moron like you think. She's a tartan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> almost peed on yeah. myself and fell off the couch. Um, yeah. Like, this poor child. But then Sorry. she, and then she kind of shows her, her um, unwittingness uh, or, or um, 
by like she's physically about to be thrown off a cliff. Somebody grabs her and all she wants to do is go back to the person that's about to fling her ass off the cliff. <laughs> it was her brother and she trusted him. She yeah. trusted her brother. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm with Dave. I did I did like all of the red herrings in this, but he <laughs> did not tell you guys like the first two minutes of this movie starting. He went ahead and went to the Wikipedia page and looked up everything. He's like, I don't know who the killer is. <laughs> So I'm sitting here trying to figure it out. And of course they kind of, you know, lead you to think that it's like Patricia. Uh, and then she should be in jail. Yeah. She should and then, be. <laughs> and then should be. Um, just yeah. some good natured child molestation. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Poor thing. She's got a drug problem. Um, but but then, like when you you get to the witches scenes and stuff, I mean those were great effects. Um, but you know, Riri said it best. I assume that whips and chains do not excite her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but nice. I, I enjoyed the scenery in the movie, and then when yeah. it got to more places with the witch, every time she was in frame everything was white around her and it, it kind of almost reminded me more of Greece than Italy. Yeah, it was some beautiful scene. Um And I was confused on like the intersects. This is me being a little ignorant, I guess. I'm, I'm going along for these redheaded uh, roots here. Um, but I didn't realize Italy had highways like what's depicted in the film because the parts of Italy I've been in did not have roads like that. So I was like, wow, <laughs> where is this? <laughs> Um, but you know, my brain aside, it was a movie. It sure was. Yes, it was. <laughs> Erica. Ah, so honestly, I had not seen this movie all the way through until last night. <laughs> uh, I I think what happened every other time because it's like I start to watch it then we they'd get to that scene with uh, patrizia being naked and creepy around that little boy and like Ugh. totally inappropriate and like do you want to make love to me it's like ew and i think yeah. that just hit the ew meter where i always shut it off around that point which is weird because i've seen like movies like a serbian film which i love which has a lot of child abuse in it but that for some reason this scene just always picked me out like above and beyond yeah. Um, so, but it's like, since this was on the schedule to talk about, it's like, okay, I got to watch the whole thing. And I'm really glad I did. I still find, um, that character really gross though. And they never, they never discuss like why she behaves the way she does around kids. Like what the fuck is wrong with her? Right. I wish they had, um, addressed that. She's trying to beat her drug problem. And I'm like, so I'd rather her she that she just continue to do drugs and her only herself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's either she's either molesting them or, or dragging them against their wills to the doll shop. It's like later. <laughs> yeah. Leave the kids alone. Not be around children. There should be a Yeah. <laughs> I just I, I found it hard because, you know, I mean, I would consider her the main character, Patrizia. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, her and the detect and the uh, reporter guy, they sort of it's like a spooky thing. They and and of, so know, it you know, when it starts off like that and she's acting this way towards these children, like I, yeah. I could give two fucks about her. Yeah. And then 
And even for me, the children, like, I thought the children's were, the, the kids were little assholes. So they I'm were. like, I really don't, I really don't give a fuck that they died. Yeah. Right? Wow. <laughs> it, there was it's no, like, true. sympathy attachment there. Yeah. Well, it is unlikable people, and Joe yeah. was really good at that. Like, you don't really like anyone. No, mm-hmm. and I was, I was sympathetic towards the parents, you know, that, you know, not that I could relate, but I mean, as a parent, like understanding like the grief that they would be going right. through if, if their child had died. But, you know, it's like right. your, your, your kids are little shits. Right. And mm-hmm. you, you understand the revenge that they wanted because, you know. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to? We got to invest in some whips and chains. <laughs> no, we don't. No, That's we a different don't. podcast. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that weird. Well, but we are the house that screams. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We mean that kind of screaming, but I think you know, yeah. talking about some of our the things we have discussed on the show, maybe we are. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might be right. The house that creams. That's our OnlyFans. So funny. Yeah. Sorry, um, Erica, I, I feel like I cut you off. Uh, oh no not not really i mean i i I definitely want to get into the things that made me glad i watched the film later but there's plenty of time for that i wanted to do a little topic called the economics of don't torture a duckling broke this down (laughs) monetarily okay so now watching the you know i forget because i've only seen the english dub one time and i can't Mm -hmm. remember what if they use lira or if they'd change it to an american Form of money, but um, they say the, lira. They use lira. They still use lira. Okay, mm-hmm. so you know, in the Italian version and apparently in the English dub, but I couldn't recall if they did. You know, where she's like, you know, that quote where it's like, uh, "Do you want the money or would you like a kiss?" Mm-hmm. He offers him a thousand lira. You know how much the money that is? Like forty three cents. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Some, I mean, I felt like she was really hoping he would bank on the kiss, like, or I can give you forty three cents. Who wants forty three cents when you can kiss a woman like me? And then, because <laughs> I got thrown out for a minute, I forgot how you know the exchange rate between lira and the dollar are. But you know, they want six million for the kid, and you're thinking, oh shit, that's a lot of money. These people are poor. They're like, why is there only six million? Because it's like three thousand dollars. Now it makes sense. Because I just kind of reminds like, me of uh, when I was hanging out with Andre in Russia and he was going through some of his old like collectible stuff and he forgot he had like a bunch of Syrian money. He's like, I have a million Syrian pounds, like and maybe I'm rich. And he's like, it's like four bucks or something. Oh my God, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yeah, and it was that moment I, I always get thrown off by that because, I, you know, American, I think in dollars. They're like mm-hmm. they want six million for the kid. Well, isn't that an odd amount? And I'm like, no, it's a lot. I mean, they want ransom, right? Well, I mean, usually with ransom, they want more money. And I'm like, wait, six million lira. Yeah, yeah. But see, and that's to me, that's that's so weird to think about. Like, you know, like Erica, what you said with the the Syrian money. Like, I pay three dollars for a loaf of bread. Could you imagine paying like three million? Right. Yeah. When you yeah. go to these countries, you have to like you have to go over that. Yeah, like you yeah. see, the stuff. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta do the exchange rates, slump in your head. Knock up about eight of those zeros. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
and, and and just going from here to Canada, just the, the amount the the dollar is worth is different. You know, like it's, yeah. yeah. Well, so it, you I, know, so just thinking constantly in dollars, yeah, it throws me off every time. I'm like, oh fuck. When we went to Canada, jumping just from the standard to the metric, yeah, it threw me off. You know, like like miles to kilometers. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and that was that was I, I caught on to that fairly quick um, because it's posted. You know, it, it's like a four and a half hour drive to Toronto once we cross the border. So you know, I eventually caught on. But like when we had to stop and get gas, and the I use my credit card and it just automatically converts. Yeah, you know. On my, I get the notification on my phone, but the credit card machine, the pay pay at the pump was down, so I had to go in and prepay. And she's she's like, "How much gas do you want?" And I said, "Um, I don't know. I just need to fill it up." And she was like, "Okay, so how much is that?" And I was like, "I'm thinking in gallons," and I'm like, "Shit, I got to do this conversion," and I'm on the spot because I'm you know I'm talking to her. I didn't have time to think about it. So I was like, "I don't know." Let's. I said forty bucks. Because, you know, here in the States, 40 bucks, that you know, pretty close yeah. to filling it up. Yeah. And that gave me like maybe a quarter of a tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because oh. later. Yeah. 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 I, I so I just, I got in the car and I was like, we'll just stop at the next gas station. Had <laughs> <laughs> the Google, yeah. Google conversion rates up. I was actually uh, around back in the 70s when the, uh, the push to convert America to the metric system happened. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I, I love the it's fact that it. That as Americans, we just totally rejected it, except <laughs> except for liters of soda. So if Americans are going to get on board with nope. if Americans are going to get on board with something, it's a sugary snack. The end of the right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. With drugs, they're all in, in metric because Graham, yeah, that's right. the international. Yeah. So yeah. sugary drinks and cocaine. Yeah. Other yeah. than yeah. that, <laughs> things in life are still metric. Keep your new world order metric system away from us. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Like, I scream from my bunker. Are so fucking weird. They don't even make any sense. Like, why can't we just be metric? It makes yeah, sense. Imperial, if you look up the history of imperial, it is weird. It's like from the elbow to the show. You have the way that it like came to be at all. It's just bizarre yeah. and, ar- and mm-hmm. arbitrary. It's just, yeah. It is kind of hilarious. Yeah. Weird. Thankful <laughs> that weird. you know I'm in medicine and because we use metric system. Yeah, you're the one you of the know, few. I don't really have any issues with like conversions and, and things like that. The last time I went to Edmonton, like I was with my mom and they had like on the TV, like 26 degrees. She's like, we brought summer clothes. And I'm like, yes, summer clothes. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's not 26 degrees Fahrenheit. You know, you're going to be Yeah, I got used to think because my mom would be like, oh, you, you know, you think it's hot there. Well, it's like, you know, 30 here. I'm like. Well, yeah. <laughs> 30 real degrees like mental math. i'm like that 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 gift of the woman like looking at all the equations i'm like yeah oh, <laughs> oh fahrenheit, fahrenheit is different than celsius yeah. and now that she's going back to the states i think she's having trouble adjusting back to these right. what's of- a quick rule you like divide by three and add five or something there's some quick rule what they, yeah what they figures. used to show on the tv in edmonton uh, when I was there, was multiply by Multiple. two and add ten. Yeah, I know that was some trick. To mm-hmm. Yeah, but as Americans, we don't need this. Give us our weird Most imperial. Americans can't multiply. You know, <laughs> what was like the king's elbow to his wrist or something really strange. Yeah. yeah. But so, like with Patricia, like offering, you know, not quite fifty cents or to kiss me, and to a twelve-year-old boy who is clearly attracted to her, and she's taunting. Um, <clears throat> boy like take the 43 cents and run she is a danger she she's literally should be on a list of sex offenders 
And like, <laughs> I read this review and I wish I had saved it. And it was a, a praising review of, I do sort of the opposite of what Sean does. I look for like these glowing reviews, just look through them and, and see what other people who listen to the show have to say. And somebody was like, you know, it's a very awkward scene with um, Barbara Boucher's character, Patricia. You know, she's completely nude and has the boy bring the juice and he's shaking. It's like this long drawn out belly, but it's also oddly seductive. I'm like, no, I am so uncomfortable the entire time. Yeah. And you could tell that they were kind of going for that seductive thing when she like, like you know, she pours the drips juice on herself. the juice down. I was thinking that's going to run down to her cooch and give her a yeast infection. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. As a woman, that's what I was thinking. Like, you don't want that anywhere near your hoo-ha. Yeah. You're like, ooh. That's, see, Get that's part of that. that's part of that adult horror that we talk about so yeah, frequently. Yeah, towards the badge. Like, absolutely no juice on there. <laughs> but, you know, the coolest thing about that scene, she had the fucking wave machine. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I had one of those when I was a kid. I didn't know. But I wanted to say uh, about that scene, you know that um, Fulci had to go to fucking court over that. They they yeah. uh, tried to charge yeah. him with child endangerment, and it's very cleverly done. But he was like, no, they were never in the same room together during mm-hmm. any time that she was nude. There was, he's like, we used a little person. That wasn't the term then. But we, a little person that had similar features to replace the boy. So they were, I'm like, yeah, he was smart about it because yeah. they were going to fucking sue Yeah, they ass. arrested his ass. They, mm-hmm. were, they were ready to lock him up. But he was smart about it. Who was thinking about that in 1972? Like, he was mm-hmm. smart. Like, okay, we're going to have this scene. It's going to be fucking fucked up and awkward, but we're going to make sure the child is not actually in this situation because we know that this situation is a bad situation. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. mentioned that juice drip and all I could think about was how sticky it was <laughs> that too yeah, yeah really so yeah I mean the, the... seductive I'm like yeah, yeah that oh. girl's gonna need some uh a z-pack and some diflucan <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that's what I was thinking it's just so gross and you know like there aren't really any likable characters mm-hmm in this, and that's typical of a Jalo, but I mean, they're like extra unlikable in this movie. They're just terrible people. Like, yeah. at the end, I'm like, did we really get a happy ending? Okay, our killer's dead, but we still got this sex offender running around. And, right. you know, this guy will do anything for the story, doesn't really give a shit, you know, just wants the story. And then we've got, you know, the priest who did care about the kids, but maybe cared a little bit too much. Like, it, it was, there was nobody likable. Did anybody else buy into mm-hmm. the red herrings, the other ones? I think the first time through, yeah. Well, well yeah, don't. Kind of what I mean. yeah, yeah when, when you don't know, but uh, they threw they threw a lot of them out there real quick. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of watching. Uh, it was kind of like watching a pup named Scooby Doo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get her. You get the uh, the town. Um, you know the, um, the the guy's a little slow, and Where and then the witch. You get those three like right off the bat. Boom, boom, boom. Now, and and I don't know if anybody else will agree with this, but I almost wished they would have went the route with the witch and it would have been more of a supernatural black magic yeah i think so but i think this movie needed to be a traditional jalu the importance of the character of the witch to me now i might be getting all a couple of my high horse on this but i think it was to show like the narrow-mindedness of a small town was really Mm -hmm. this is a small town they're superstitious they're old-fashioned she was different yeah clearly had some mental problems but and even the the uncle federico or what's his name federico but mm-hmm. um, 
he he was saying, you know, she's not dangerous. She doesn't even know what she's doing. She doesn't know how to do these spells. It's just, you know, he was okay with the fact that she was just different. But because she was different and they wanted to answer to these deaths, I mean, I think her role was perfectly played out. Like, yeah, she got put as a martyr. Yeah, and 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 they lynch her with such impunity. They just do it without, you know, out in the open. They're not even afraid of um, retribution. I guess it was almost like a a witch burning. The windows being closed, the doors being shut, and she knew, like that look on her face, like, oh fuck, here we go. No. Yeah, I just fight back. I don't know if it's the pagan in me, but I almost wished it would have been reversed and we would have got seen the, the priest get the, the chain lashing. and Yeah, I would have enjoyed it. <laughs> that would have been good. Though. Yeah. I'd be down for that. It's, at least that it's definitely. Yeah, I mean, I I just uh, I thought the the witch part was great. The use of music in this movie is so well done. Yeah, um, those little like you know shocks of music and uh, I think they were mm-hmm. they were like really good. And then the they turn on like the car radio mm-hmm. when they're doing the the witch lashing, and it was just I don't know, it was beautifully done. I mean, it's horrible, but the like what happens is terrible. Yeah, that's make it like so good. It's such a, a giallo trope, though. Like every time they show a close up of the eyes, and it's like a piano stab, or like you know, every time they'd show like the 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 Donald Duck head, you know, orchestral <laughs> head, like yeah, was it great music? Did no. part of this music get reused for another Cannibal Holocaust? Oh, Cannibal Holocaust! Cannibal Holocaust! Yeah. I thought oh, I yeah, something. Yeah, which I won't be watching anytime soon. I, you will not watch it, guys. Aww. I tried. I tried so hard. You won't it's do the, it. It's the animal deaths. I just can't. Oh, yeah. Skip that oh, yeah, I don't that part either. I'd be forwarding past that yeah. turtle scene anyway. Yeah, I just would like to talk about it, but he won't watch it again. I'll, you know, I'll watch kids get killed all day. <laughs> but animals <laughs> that like, draw that's where I draw somewhere. the line but I yeah, think he a- something interesting and I'm just going to drop this on you before I walk away for a few but the kids you know Sean was saying like I hated those kids, kids were assholes we all can agree on that but I think like the whole message is that kids are assholes you know mm-hmm. um, isn't that always the message <laughs> Yeah, but, kids I mean, are like, assholes <laughs> but like the priest, he found a way to keep them from becoming a- adult assholes in his mind. You know, they were they were they were with him. They were in church. They were not sinning, but they were starting. To, they were old enough, like you know, twelve is the the age here that they were starting to be interested in women and naked people and sex. And they were smoking cigarettes. And he just didn't want them to become like all the other adults. The only person who seemed to care about them. But I think that happens with kids, like that loss of innocence. And um, he was trying to stop that from happening is sort of the point. Kids, as a parent, I can even promise you that there are times when you really don't like kids. Uh, even yes. when you have them, <laughs> like kids, you're like, oh, fuck these kids, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love them, but I, I really don't like them right now. And I think that that's really the message that don't torture a duckling. They're the yeah. duck. You're making horrible decisions, so I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't want you to lose your innocence. You can go to God pure, is basically what he says. Yeah, that's kind of fucked up, but in his C- mind, it makes sense. You know, C- Catholicism yeah. one hundred and one. 
Yep. Yeah, it, uh, that's a huge. That's a huge thing about when you argue against religion. I listen to a lot of Christopher Hitchens and Sam Harris and stuff. And uh, yeah, that's one of the things. Why not? You know, why don't we all just die when you were young and before we committed any sins? It's just none of it makes any sense to me. No. no oh, I'm surprised that like, so the, does Lucci have a, a history of anti-church, uh, you know, themes in his films? Because 1972, an Italian film where the, Catholic Church is the murderer. It's a that must have been a fairly strong reaction. Yeah, I mean, he, he got a lot of hate for that, but you know, he was just challenging the church, and I mm -hmm. thought it was pretty bold. That's another reason why this film is so important. It was uh, breaking ground for a lot of things. No, which is you know, it's it's kind of funny because again, looking at it through the lens of twenty twenty three, it's not that fucking far fetched to me. No. A no. Because, you know, I mean, at this point, anybody can murder anybody. I mean, we, you know, you see it every day on the fucking news. But on top of that, with all of the sex scandals, with all of the Catholic priests, mm -hmm. you know, over the years, you know, I mean, that at least from the 80s that I remember, you know, I mean, it's it's not that far fetched. So, you know, yeah, maybe in 72, it was like, you know, stunning and shocking and shit to see on film. But in this day and age, it's just like another another day of watching the fucking news. Yeah, unfortunately. I was laughing the whole time at how fake the collar is for this priest. I was like, they couldn't even for <laughs> like a realistic looking collar. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna try, try a little bit. <laughs> That's funny. And then the priest is like the most American looking person in the whole cell. Right. <laughs> great <Yeah>. cheekbones. <laughs> he really did. Yeah. I was laughing the whole time because thinking about how the priest is the bad guy and, and he's the most American looking made me think about the house by the cemetery and how uh, poorly Americans were thought of because the Maxwell house instant coffee on the table. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I, I, I'm down for anything that criticizes the church. So I was, I went, when it, Although you could kind of see that they were pointing out because the priest is like the most bland, likable character. And so it's obviously going to be him. Uh, I mean, I was fooled to the end. I didn't look at Wikipedia. Well, I, I, wanted to know, I wanted to know. I didn't even think of the priest, honestly. Like, I really thought it was Patrizia for a while, especially that scene where she's, um, you know, getting that boy to fix her, her tire or whatever. And, mm -hmm. uh, and then, boom, cut. And he's like, dead face down in the water it's like right oh, shit, she killed him like i thought that was the reveal that she was the killer plus all the details about her car mileage not matching yeah. up the story she was telling so i thought that is you know where that story was going in terms of the mystery but yeah to me she was the biggest red herring throughout the whole film yeah um <laughs> just the the fact that you know she's she's lying to the cops uh, telling him stories, not, you know, not divulging all of the information, um, talking about, you know, oh, she just, she drove, you know, hundreds of kilometers on the highway just mm -hmm. to drive, you know, just to turn around and drive back. And is that illegal? <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it, it's just everything just seemed really fishy with her. Mm -hmm. But it's like, it's funny to see the transition in with her character in this film because she starts off like this creepy ass pedophile yep. and, and then by the end of it she's like this super caring like 
wants to save this, you know, right. mentally mentally challenged girl, you know, and it's like, wait, what? What the fuck? I'm like, just yeah, happened? what the hell is this? They don't explain right. like there's no good reason for her creepy behavior toward children. And then it's like, well, they just throw that whole subplot away and she's just this like normal person. And at the end, it's like, no. That's no. like my main complaint about this film is just that handling of like that character and that aspect of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe the little girl reminded her of herself as a child. Maybe. Yeah. Both redheads. Uh, not all redheads are mentally challenged. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, <God. laughs> I was I was cackling when that came up, um, and I'm like, how does how does deaf and mute equal retarded? I mean, just how? <laughs> right. And it was the seventies. Yeah, it was seventies. It was a different time. And I did see that uh, the the actress that plays uh, the little redheaded girl is in a couple of other Shala films. So I'm excited to see any kind of transition away from this. <laughs> cool this, cool this. Oh, sorry, oh. sorry, my cat's not cooperating. I'm like, oh, okay. Look he at how want- look at how big they're getting want- though. <laughs> they grow so damn fast. I know he's huge. He is huge. We saw them when they were rabbits. Yeah, I am. Um, I was confused for the most part of this movie because, like I said, we watched it on Tubi and there were no subtitles. And then I was like, why why are women dubbing these young boys? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, something right there. Yeah. <laughs> like the dubbing. And that kind of, you know, that also kind of takes you out of, like, yeah. No. That of the movie. Well, You're like, mm, I mean, right. think think about house by the cemetery and bob's voice i mean it was I like mean, oh he had the work i could I not on, yeah i will die on the hill that bob was the adult that ran that house that man had a 401k and that man was getting ready to retire <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't help but think that it was a woman trying to do a little boy's voice i think it was for his think, yeah oh it's so and, annoying yeah one of those voices hey I mean, one of the voices in this movie sounds like Bob. So I was like, mm, flashbacks. Probably the same person. <laughs> it probably is. Yeah. It's like some of those, uh, like David said, the Gamera movies or the uh, Gojira movies, where it's the same um, Asian actresses and actors that dub everybody. And there usually right. is a female doing the kids' voices. And it's the yeah. same. Yeah, it's, it's like Goku from Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, and it, it's a female in, in Japanese. She's had that role for 40 years now, I think. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Nice. So my question is, the, the, the cl- when the priest is falling down the cliff like on Bunny, <laughs> uh, it, it keeps cutting away to uh, a scene of uh, the murdered kids all running around in a field dressed in white. Was that in his mind, or... Were they implying that they actually are in heaven and that's where he's headed now? Or what was going on there? I mean, that's kind of contradictory. I always took that as like flashbacks. Yeah. But they're all but they're all dressed in like white. And right. They're white on. Yeah. So I it thought that was like some sort of image in his mind. Like that's what he was picturing that they're out. all in heaven playing soccer. Because that's when he you Football. get the voiceover. Football, from sorry. Him. But um <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, he saved them to send them to heaven pure and um, they'll never be tainted by sin and all this other stuff. So it could be like his last thoughts. Yeah, and that's what I got. That revealed to like right before that. Yeah. I just, so it just angers me that he, he gets to die and his last thought is that he still thinks he did the right thing. I would have preferred, mm -hmm. his, you know, him to die knowing that he did a horrible thing and saw his way to hell or. Mm -hmm. That's Catholic priest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Zodiac thought that all the people he killed were going to be his slaves in the afterlife. So. Yeah. So fucking weird. From one uh, nut to the other. Right. <laughs> I want to talk about the sound for a second because there was a scene where the dogs are looking for someone and they only show like two dogs, but it sounds like 500 dogs. <laughs> I was like, Oh, sound man! And you know what? It, you know what? It, you know what? It made me think of the, my Python mystery science theaters uh, werewolf, where, ah. where they overdubbed the the two women screaming right. at the same time. <laughs> yeah, there's only one woman there. The only one woman, but it's so two. You, I mean, you can clearly hear it's two women screaming, mm -hmm. or one woman screaming, and they've or overdubbed they the scream howling, twice. But like, it's, he's making growl sounds, and then yeah. Growl sounds always howling. Like the sound was completely fucking out. Yeah. So that uh, that scene in Werewolf at the Mischance Theater, those screams um, must have been public domain, or you know, out because there's an old, a great old video game called XCOM. I don't. I'm a, a, yeah, I know. I know it. Yeah. The original one from uh, I don't know '91. That scream is the female scream voice in the game uh, when a woman oh. dies. So it's like th that's just some library, some public library. Uh, Scream! That's I just hilarious. whenever I watch Werewolf, it, it tickles me because I'm hearing that scream again. Yeah, you get that feeling like like when you hear the Wilhelm scream. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I loved that game. I loved that game so yeah, much. Yeah, the XCOM Pretty games cool. are fun. Yeah, XCOM was what the precursor to Mass Effect. Matt, it was a uh, XCOM was a turn based uh, like strategy. strategy. Yeah, yeah, but I think it was. Uh, and it's uh, I'm, that was one of those games where this was before I had a, a child. Where you would like, I'd get home from work. I'd be on second shift to get home from work around eleven. Start playing that game, and like literally, you look over and like, oh my god, the sun's coming up. Right. I, gotta, I gotta get to bed. <laughs> yeah. That game. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah, I, I played it for a little bit. I my my turn base completely sucked into it. My turn base strategy game was uh, Total War. Uh, yeah, I never played that. It was for me. Oh. It was XCOM and then Civilization. My oh yeah, uh, loved Civilization Final tactics. I'm, I like nerd. I, nerd. <laughs> I am a nerd. <laughs> I, I like like all the Final, like Final Fantasy. I'm a, I'm a big RPG person, but yeah, I prefer the the turn based Final Fantasy versus the yeah the turn based serves my OCD well because everything's you know you plan everything out and it's just I'm not. So I'm, not I have a I'm, I'm I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, about the title, what do you guys think about this title? I just assumed Donald Duck made a huge appearance and we were not getting it. Well, the original title is <laughs> Don't Torture Donald Duck. <laughs> right, so, which is hilarious. Yeah, because um, that was, uh, they, they call him Paparino um, in Italy, which is just duckling or it could be a gosling. But mm -hmm. I actually, you know, Jalo tend to have like, these weird fucking titles, but I actually think this one fits really well. Yeah. You know, we have, you know, the, the sister who's pulling the heads off the dolls and pulls the head off the duck and all that stuff. Don't torture the duck. But, you know, the children are the ducklings. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I think it really, I mean, like, 
with no context and you hear this title, it's like, what the fuck kind of title is that? But I don't know. It's one of the Jalo films that I think has a really great title. It makes a lot of sense. Well, that was, that's another Jalo trope that kind of went on for a while with, you know, animal woman in lizard skin or four flies on gray velvet, you know, like, they 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 just threw out these titles that really had I nothing. I mean, that's yeah, like really had nothing to do with the film in and of itself. Well, I mean, yeah, it would be like metaphorical, or yeah. you know, Martino had those really weird, long fucking titles like "Your Vice is a Locked Room" and "Only I Have the Key." I'm like, that's a great mm-hmm. title, though. Yeah, it is, but it's it's a mouthful, and so yep. like. It's sort of like, uh, and I'm going to get really fucking weird about this, but like emo music when it was really big in the early 2000s. Oh, yeah. Really long fucking titles, because I like that shit. Like, Fall Out Boy would have, like, titles that would take up, like, two rows of texts. And, yeah. like, and then half of it would be in parentheses. And- yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what, you know, it makes me think of Jalo films, because they have these, like, long metaphorical <laughs> titles, and, you know, that obviously fell out of fashion, but I don't know. I, I really like this one, and I like that it was "Don't Torture Donald Duck" specifically. <laughs> Poor Donald. That's why I'm Donald Duck. That is an odd one, but cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> obviously they couldn't use that, so it became a duckling. But like uh, the arrow art, the original art that they had drawn for this is really cool. Like you got the blood, you got the, you know, so like, like cruciform image, and then you got a, you know the child holding the duckling. It's just. I, I don't know. This is really like a fucking awesome piece of art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I, I actually like the title, but like some people are kind of like, what the fuck is that about? Like, I don't know. You have to watch it. And I think it makes sense, you know? But. Yeah. 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 When I originally saw the title and stuff and we started watching it, I was like, if there's any ducks that get hurt, I'm out. Just children. <laughs> and we're okay with that, right? Yeah. yeah. We're okay with that. Yeah. Those fuckers got what they deserved. <laughs> <laughs> The long ass music title thing that goes back. I remember back in the day when Pink Floyd or, or old Genesis, when Genesis was still prog rock, yeah, and some of their song titles were like <laughs> long ass, yeah, just and they had stuff like 2112, which is just like basically two sides of a record almost, yeah, <laughs> like here's no. a short title, but the longest song ever. Don't shit on 2112, don't do it. I fucking no. love 2112. Are you kidding me? Oh my it's god, like thank, god. thank god, so yeah. <laughs> The mannequin, well, the the priest falling off the, the cliff at the end. The mannequin, <laughs> yes, reminded me of a lot of ninja sex parties, like tropes that they do in their videos. <laughs> and they yeah. actually did, instead of 2112, they did 6969. Um, <laughs> and it was just a great opus. But um, So you need four people, I guess? I'm not sure. Uh, sure. The math works sure. Sure. <laughs> There's two in Ninja Sex Party, and then, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm, 6969. But, uh, yeah, all, all of the um, mannequins off the cliff, that, that just made me think of their videos. <laughs> Well, it's like the the effects in this which are you know it's not some they were having a discussion like people who came to this movie after they saw other poultry films tend to be disappointed with this movie mm-hmm. but if you came to it earlier you know you're like oh this is like a straight up giallo and then later on he would do more like specifically italian horror type and heavy on the gore like he's known for gore but like him redoing these effects later to better effect you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. the, the cliff scene he he redid in another film. 
Um, and the whippings were almost fucking normal for him, but I thought the effects were good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But if, but but I think a lot of people, the, the complainers, which I know we're going to hear from eventually, um, I'm like, I know it's going to be about the effects because they're they're expecting like zombie two level shit. And it's not, it's not here, but like, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I just don't think, you know, you can't hate this movie just because of the effects, because there aren't a lot of them. It made me think, remember we did Blood Feast way back when? Oh, God, that was like oh, the, the lost episode because we couldn't even stay on topic. That movie oh, was that one. Yeah, that was that. But that the, the other of that. title of Godfather of Gore goes to him and to Fulci. So it was kind of like a division. Yeah. That was, it was 1972. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, if you look at Dawn of the Dead, you know, which which is our, you know, some some of the effects are great, some of them are not great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of them age well, but we can laugh about them and be like, I still love this movie though. Oh you my know? god, I still watch it once a week. <laughs> I need to, I need to like, I need to like vitamins. Last um, Halloween was fucking awesome. Oh yeah, really? lifetime dream when we saw. That was great on the big screen. I never seen good? on the big screen. I yeah. got to see it in 3D, and it was fun. Oh like the, the big head explosion in 3D was badass. Nice. <laughs> So David's having an old person moment. We, no, we saw were that probably too. drunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, they the the thing I told Candy like the thing about seeing Dawn of the Dead in 3D was they made things in the film 3D that I didn't expect. So it was kind of surprising to me. But it didn't overdo it. <laughs> right? Yeah, it didn't I was overdo it. it to be way overdone. It wasn't overdone. It was perfectly done. Yeah, I wish they'd do that more often. Yeah. yeah, we dressed up as Fran and Flyboy for that. I know, I saw you guys, and I was like, man, a couple years ago, that would have been us. We've done Barbara and Johnny. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just, like, too tired anymore to do shit. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of, it takes a lot. It's, yeah. it's a lot of effort to do. I think I finally hit officially midlife. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> just can't try that art anymore. I will, but you know, not right now. That's my sentiment. Not right now. Not right now. But yeah, so I guess I was just expecting maybe some more hate, but I think we'll, we'll probably get to that point where we start hearing the hate. Now, the funny thing is, is like I, when we did House by the Cemetery, I made up this little like mock, uh, like setup of all these Fulci films, like Cat Brain, and I just like all of them, House by the Cemetery. I specifically left out Don't Torture a Duckling. Just because, like, it almost sets apart from some of his other, like, a lot of his work that people know. And mm-hmm. uh, everybody's like, you know, and I got a million comments. Why didn't you put Don't Torture a Duckling? How could you leave that out? I'm like, I left it on purpose. Like, I just wondered who would even care, you know, because <laughs> we were going to do it. Because so I was like, yeah, we're going to do these bullshit films. How could you How could you leave us out? So then I, I post today that we're going to do Don't Torture a Duckling. And they're like, you know, why aren't you doing The Beyond? Why aren't you doing City of the Living Dead? I'm like... You were the same people who got mad at me for not wanting. I don't know. I didn't put "Don't Torture a Duckling" in there. Welcome like, to the internet. <laughs> yeah. No, but like, all and Italian horror fans are probably the most territorial. I'm gonna, I'm gonna venture this oh, yeah. out there. I think they're the most territorial horror fans ever. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. In music, they're like jazz fans, like like real jazz, like <laughs> like Monk and you know Coltrane. I, yeah, like how dare you? Like, I look down upon you, peasants. Right, you peasants. <laughs> Which episode? This reminds me of the smuggler from South Park. Right, yeah, the, the, uh, the comic book guy, the comic book store guy. But I like um, in um, Mystery Science Theater, the um, su- secret agent, Super Dragon, 
oh man, if you have to ask, you'll never know. It's not commercial, man. It's jazz. Well, I mean, I think it's a society we're moving away from gatekeeping, you know, and in horror, like we we are all like super supportive of each other, all the other horror podcasts that we're friends with. And, you know, we all tend to cover the same films at one point or another, but um, yeah, but I think the gatekeeping still exists with Jalo and Italian horror. I think it absolutely is still alive and well. Like I read, I just read a, a piece uh, about Suspiria 2018 and I said it was better than the Argento one. And I was like, send your hate mail here. I don't care. Like, I think it's clever. <laughs> some of Bring these it. movies are great, but some of them can do with the remake. And we talked about that with House by the Cemetery. Like, I, I think now where I would enter the conversation is like, please don't remake, don't torture a duckling. It's not going to work now. Yeah, it's really specifically working in this setting, in this time period. Like, you can't fuck with that. But otherwise, I'm like, yeah, they're pretty ripe for a retail. Like, work at it. I don't know. Well, think about think about all of the films that the films were bad, but the stories were really good. You know, what, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Those are the ones I think could do with a remake. And I don't know if that falls in in some of the Giallo, you know, category. But I, you know, there are some movies out there that I think are inherently bad films, but they had good plots behind yeah. them. They were just done horribly. Those are the ones I think could could do with a, a remake. I'm so sick of people taking these really great movies and remaking them, thinking that they're going to do something better, and they just turn out horrible. It never yeah. works. It never yeah. Works. Yeah, it's like Blumhouse is remaking The Exorcist. Right. You don't need to remake The Exorcist. Watch no. the original. And and after I, I've seen Halloween ends, like, I'm afraid. I don't want to <laughs> I'm afraid. Yes, run for the hills. Like, Just go back and watch it. the original. Yeah. Or, um, yeah, uh, I'm terrified like someone's going to want to remake Alien. Oh, we're gonna, right. we're gonna, but we're gonna bring a modern sensibility. You know what? Go fuck yourself. Go watch no, the original. No, I mean, and I, I think that there's a lot of stuff that can stand a remake or retelling, or reimagining. But you got to use your best judgment on that. Yeah, I'm not. I remember when they redid the Omen, and the the Omen remake. It's it's perfectly serviceable. It's not necessarily a bad movie. There's no Gregory Peck in it. I don't, so I don't need it. I don't need it. I want to go back and watch Gregory Peck and you don't want to see Julia Stiles. You want to see Gregory Peck. Yeah, right. I I don't know, but it wasn't like bad, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it was, but it's unnecessary. And there are some remakes that I think actually do justice. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, I thought was was well done. Yeah, Yeah. stand for that for me, but um. I read a yeah. whole article uh, about that the other day about how uh, Jessica Biel couldn't keep her tank top dry. She tried. It was basically, the movie was about her trying to keep her tank top dry. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> that I, uh, I love that movie, and um, I love the original. Like it's possible to do that, and um, mm-hmm. you know, so I felt like it was faithful, but did its own thing, but in the right way. You know, it's a very sketchy territory. But Casting Arlie Ermy in the, 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 the sheriff was the brilliant movie. Anything, anything he's in, I will fuck him Anything he's in. He stole Absolutely. the show in that and the prequel to that movie. So good. He was perfect. But His eyebrows are on point. I love him. Yes. <laughs> I love him. He has an eyebrow wrangler to make sure that they stay awesome and bushy, but I think that first that first segment, fun. that first part of Full Metal Jacket is basically a comedy because I can't watch it without laughing at the shit he says 
to the uh, recruits. Yes, the- I've, I've been, I've been, tr- we've, Candy and I have been trying to sell that to Ashton. Um, we're trying to get him to watch a lot of, we're trying to, and he likes our Lee Ermey, but we're trying to get him to watch, you know, some of the more classic films, uh, Goodfellas, Godfather, you know, yeah. things like that. And so we're, we're, we're pushing uh, Full Metal Jacket on him. And I keep telling him, I'm like, the first half of the movie is fucking brilliant. The last half of the movie, like here. boring as fuck. Like, I, that's one of those films that it's like once, once he, they leave boot camp, like I could do without. Because yeah, there are so many movies Cooper that do on. Vietnam better. Apocalypse Now, Platoon. That's Stanley Kubrick, man. You're like yeah. 2001, even like the last 20 minutes of that movie, you're like this acid trip. It's like, what the fuck is going on yeah. here? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Ar- Arlie and the, oh God, I just laugh at the things he says. And he really was a drill sergeant. So he, that's really what, you know. Yeah, he, it was completely made up on the spot. Yeah, he just, he just winged because he knew what the talk and the walk and, just hilarious. Oh, I, I, I was really sad when we lost him a couple years ago. When he puts the donut in Pyle's mouth, <laughs> they paid for it. You eat it. <laughs> it's truly awesome. Um, but yeah, like, like there's some that, you know, it's just like you have common sense when it comes to doing these things. Like, you can't remake Don't Torture a Duckling. Obviously, that's not ever been on anybody's roster, but. I really did like Luca Guadagnino's uh, fucking Suspiria remake. Like, I, the original Suspiria has never been my favorite. I like it. We talked about it, but I love the remake. I watch it all the time. Like, all the time. I'm obsessed with it. So, yeah. that was right for a retelling. And you could still exist in a world where you like the first one and you, you like this one too, you know? So, it, there's a way to do these things. But yeah. some of it, like, I understand why Jalo Pins are like, stay the fuck away, but like, House by the Cemetery, <laughs> somebody please fucking remake that. Oh yeah, <laughs> give it a plot, give it a story, okay. do something. Oh, and it could be done so well too. Yeah, think about mm-hmm. like the technology and all. The, there's some amazing people in horror right now that could really do some great things with that movie. But everybody's yeah. like, "No, it's Fulci. You can't touch it." I'm like, "I don't even." Fulci thought it was a piece of shit. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> right. One of his. I think it's one of his weakest films, honestly. Yeah. And we had a lot of requests for that, but so it's like. You know, my point was, like, I left out Don't Torture a Duckling on purpose because I, I was just kind of putting, like, his better-known films. Um, and then they're just kind of like, where's this movie? And then I put it out, and they're like, well, I don't even really like that one. I kind of like this one better. I'm like, all right, guys, I can't make you happy. Right. I can't make you happy. <laughs> You're not going to make everybody happy. Well, I can't make anyone happy. They're, they're always unhappy with my choices. So, guys, I'm sorry <laughs> I'm trying. But this is mine. This is I agree with Fulci on this one. I think that as... Any kind of artist, whether you're a filmmaker, whether you're a musician or a visual artist or a writer, you are your worst critic. Mm-hmm. And so if this is Fulci's mm-hmm. favorite of his movies, that says something. Just like Hitchcock's favorite movie of his was Shadow of a Doubt. And mm-hmm. it's my favorite Hitchcock movie. Yeah, that's probably my favorite too. Because, you know, like he's, you're your harshest critic. And if they're finding merit in their own thing, they're saying something really great about themselves. And they really have confidence about it. And I think he's right to think this is his best film. But, you know, there's that sense of validation where you hear a, a filmmaker or an artist of any type talk about their favorite works of their own, and that's the one that you like the best too. It kind of validates, it's like, oh, I, I kind of get it, I get it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. No, I'm that way with Springsteen. I was a huge Springsteen fan when I was younger, being from New Jersey, and yeah, you know, my favorite Springsteen song is one that he's he introduces as the best song he ever wrote. It kind of gives you that sense of I get it. You know, I, I know what yeah. he's talking about. Which which song is that? Rosalita. 
Okay. I'll have to. I don't listen to much Springsteen, so I'm not a big fan. But I, I'm still stuck on Born to Run. Like that's always going to be my jam. It's it's his best <laughs> song off of his best album. Hmm, All thanks. right. All right. Um, the Wild, the Innocent Street Shuffle is that that's one that's one of my five Desert Island discs. I would take the Wild, the Innocent Street Shuffle to a Desert oh, Island. Wow. It's a great album. God. <laughs> um. <laughs> Candy, you're the the Stephen King aficionado. What is his favorite book? I'm just curious. Um, that changes a lot because his current and I understand his his viewpoints on this as a writer, but he's never happy with anything he wrote in the past. So whatever yeah. he's currently working on or just mm-hmm. released is his favorite. So it changes all gotcha. the time. Gotcha. The problem was how coked out of his mind he was. Oh, that's true, because he forgets <laughs> entire book. And, like, the fact that he could be coked out, write a book, forget about it, and it's a great fucking book. I'm like, God damn. Yeah. do it. So, like, for mm-hmm. me, as a writer, I'm, I, I'm like Stephen King. Like, I don't like anything I've already written, but I like what I'm currently writing. You know, the, or the newest thing that I have out there. I like, that's the best thing I ever wrote. Right. You know, or the, or the best thing I wrote in that vein or something. Like, anything before that, I'm like, cringe, 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 because I feel like you know, you're constantly adapting your craft and you, everything that comes after is going to be better. Or what Looks you're doing right weak. now is better. Yeah, yeah. I know he always talks fondly about Carrie because that's the book that started finally paying the rent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. That's See, and that's, of his wife. His wife picked it out of the trash and said, no, literally took it out of the trash can, yeah. No. That, now that's a fucking wife for life right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and she is. Yeah. So it's, it's always so sweet to hear him talk about his wife. It's, it's just adorable. Living together <laughs> since college, I think it's adorable. And the yeah. struggle. Yeah. Love you know, it. The struggles and... She stuck yeah, by him. I think it's is it Dance Macabre that he he talks a lot about his relationship with his wife and yeah and all the things about, they and, went and through. And then on writing, he does a little bit. Yeah, too. on writing too. Yeah, he's always talking about his wife, basically. Yeah, and his life writing in the laundry room between mm-hmm. the washer and the dryer. <laughs> That's where he wrote Carrie and threw it away. That's another one of those remakes we were talking about too. It's a, not necessarily an awful movie, but I don't need it. You know, we didn't yeah. need to have that remake. I don't. I don't need it. Oh, but Firestarter! Holy shit! I haven't seen the new one, but I've I, haven't, heard I haven't seen it either. Nothing but horrible things. I didn't like the original, yeah. and it's. I think it's one of his weaker stories to begin with. Yeah, so not for me. Did you hear about the the Razzies thing? Yeah, oh, yeah, it was I did. Holy shit. Got a like, oh, how could you nominate a child? I'm like, they've done it before. Like, now yeah. we're getting mad about it. Right. Yeah. They, Dave, they, they <laughs> nominated, they nominated the actress. Um, Ooh. That, that played the oh, main really? character. And Ouch. she's like 12, I think. Yeah. Something like so that. 11 or 12. Kid from the Star Wars prequels. They did it with uh, a couple of other kids. I think yeah. uh, Macaulay Culkin twice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's like, now we have a problem with that. Yeah. And the rest well, to be fair is like you guys never had a problem with it before, but now you do. Every, everybody is hypersensitive. No, nothing under. Yeah. Uh, and then I remember the Razzies had to uh, pull back some of their Bruce Willis hate because come to find out yeah. he's got his yeah, diagnosis. He's got aphasia. Like, All right, yeah. we're not, mm-hmm. we're but you know, the thing is, is like it's good to grow society and learn. But we can't get, you know, you get mad about things in the past when nobody cared. It's like, we can't change that, but we can change what happens now. Right. So, like, you know, I understand they're like, yeah, we've done this with kids before. And, like, there's the uproar. And so it won't happen again. That's what, that's how we learn. But if, like, 
It, it's the same people that didn't have a problem with it before that do now. I, I understand we're going through a sensitive time in, in society, and that I think that's good. I honestly think overall it's good. My kids are very sensitive. They're very open. They talk about all these things that I wish had been much more normalized when I was their age. I think it's a good thing. And a lot of, you know, older people, are, they don't like this change. And I think it's, it's it needs to happen. But they, they want to change the past and rewrite it. And you can't. We have to learn from it. It has to exist. The mistakes have to exist because we don't have anything to learn from. If, if not, like, yeah, this happened before, but let's not do it anymore. I get that. But like, yeah, don't, don't be hypocritical is, is the thing. Yeah. And don't torture ducklings. That's Definitely right. not torture ducklings. Yeah. One, one of the few pages I follow on Twitter is uh, why you should have a duckling. And it's just pictures of ducks. Duckies all the time. That's one of the only reasons to go to Twitter. Cool. And, and us. <laughs> I'm afraid of birds. <laughs> You're I'm what? Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't mess with birds. I'm terrified of them. The ducks like to come right up to our yeah. patio. And I'm okay as long as they stay away from me, like, or they can just come like sort of near. But fucking geese. The Canadian geese are the actor <laughs> of the <laughs> animal kingdom. I hate yeah. geese. They kind of are. I, I got attacked by a goose. I mean, I told this yeah, story society because when we were recording society, it was in the garage. We were both sitting out there. That's when we record together. <laughs> and there's bird flew in there. And it was just a fucking dove or whatever. And, it, and I screamed every time it made a noise. I'm just, after you've been attacked by birds and the flapping is really loud in your ears, you're down on the ground pinned. Fucking <laughs> and they're, yeah. That I, fucking bird got into the garage and just sat on top of the and garage. I was screaming. Door. You remember that? Just, I would just randomly scram because it would yeah. move. Just stared like, at her, and it would flap its wings, and she would like, freak the fuck out. I got chased by a peacock, so yeah. Peacocks, <laughs> yeah. You don't fuck with peacocks. So, peacocks like, we have plenty of ducks and, and geese back in, in our patio, and, and, like, that little pond area, and it's beautiful, especially, like, in the evening. But, yeah, they start getting a little too close. So I'm like, you need to back the fuck up. I'm going to kick it. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't, up. don't torture a duckling, but some Penang duck. Fucking oh my god! Sign me up. Yeah, yeah. There's this Thai restaurant we go to sometimes, and they make this Penang duck, which is to die for. Oh wow! So I have a question and, about the plot. Now, obviously, this has a lot of story. It actually tells a tale. But um, did anyone else piece together? I thought it was kind of weak. This part of the story, like, so they're talking about the woman, and she has the daughter. You know, we're talking about you know she's mentally handicapped. I'm like, but the brother turned out fine. We never see the brother. Did you ever connect the fact that the, the priest might be the brother? Because she no. was way too young to be his mom. No, uh-uh, I did. Uh, so I thought that was kind of weak as far as like the twist. Right. Yeah, yeah but I kind of blamed that on our end when we watched it on TV. There were no subtitles, so we were like just, <laughs> a little just watching we, were, we were out in the wild just, you know, barebacking it. <laughs> yeah, it was literally just the Italian version and no English. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> no, no, we had like English. They were they were dubbed. Uh, they were dubbed, but we had no subtitles, and so we were both like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> I was thinking, like you're watching an Italian with no subtitles. I'd be like, "Wow." <laughs> right. That would really that would be confused. Got Google Translate yeah. out and. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, we really were trying to do our best, but it was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> now dubbing can be so weird. Yeah, especially with Italian films. 
Well, and the thing yeah. is, they're frequently dubbed. I mean, almost all of them are dubbed because even when they, a lot of times, and we talked about this, I think, with Tenebrae, um, that everybody mm-hmm. will speak different languages and then they just overdub them and whatever. Right. And you could and you could tell that with this. Like there were well, a like couple. Well, like Barbara Boucher is speaking English. Right, yeah. Yeah, and somebody, so... yeah, somebody I told David, I was like, they're speaking English. Their mouth is matching up really well. Yeah. Yeah. The voice don't match, but they're matching really well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. When we when we watched the sub version, I'm like reading the text, but watching her lips, and it's mm-hmm. matching up with what what the the text is saying. I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. We know she was a mon girl. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We did talk Honey about. That. Yeah. She she's a she was beautiful. Yeah, she's a gorgeous uh, yeah. lady. But now every time I look at her, I can just think like stranger danger, getting a girl. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, Do you like a kiss or you want 50 cents? Or I'm like, yeah. oh my God, ew. ew. And she got the little <laughs> tail toe. Like, like, oh my God. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. If she would have fallen it's off the cliff too, I would not have been upset. Right. <laughs> Literally right. terrible. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I didn't, I didn't really give a shit about anybody in this film. Well, that's most jealous. Like, think about like Tenebra when we talked about that. Who did we really care about? I, I cared about Ann, I guess. <laughs> well, I cared about John Saxon, but he was you know, he was a dick. He's the agent. He's a dick. You're right. Yeah, yeah. he was out for himself. Ann was a good person. Yeah. But like they're usually in most Jalo films, you don't really care about anybody because you have to suspect everybody. That's the nature of a Jalo film. Right. You know, anybody's a suspect. People could be lying, living double lives. You don't know. So you it's hard to like much of anyone. Yeah. This movie made it pretty easy to not care about any of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it but really did. Yeah, right. I mean, the second I saw that kid slingshot, that lizard, mm-hmm. that gecko, yeah. whatever it was, I was yeah. like, yeah, fuck him. Fucking fuck kid. that kid. So kids are that cool. Is- I mean, part of the message is kids are cool. Yeah. And, you know, like when those kids lit up, they, didn't, they did not look 12. They looked like they were about eight. Smoking yeah. cigarettes, going. To, <laughs> yeah. Oh look, the whores are here. Yeah, <laughs> right. <taking my laughs> and like, yeah. When he popped out the cigarette, I was like, "What the fuck?" And then I yeah. remember like my grandfather telling me he started smoking at nine, and I'm like, "Well, okay, whatever." <laughs> Lung cancer. <laughs> right. True. So I mean, it's it's like you don't really feel bad for the kids, but I I guess I just I've seen it enough for. I read into it maybe more than I should, but it's it happens to all kids. And, and 12 is like that precipice of, you know, you're going into your teen years and you're growing up and all your innocence is going away, you know, and all, all kids want to do at that age is grow up and, and act like adults. And they don't realize that being an adult sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this right. is true. Because as you're an adult, you're like, man, I wish I was a kid for like one fucking day. Just one yeah, it's day. Like that, it's like that Rugrats episode. I want no more responsibilities. <laughs> Please. Right. Well, my biggest concern was like, I have a zit on my chin and I want that new book or something. And like, it was simple. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, with our kids too, like, you know, we tried to explain to Veronica and, and we're trying to explain to Ash now, like, hold off on working you know like veronica at 15 she wanted to start working and i get it she wants to be independent she wants to have her own money totally understand Mm -hmm. it respect it but it's like you don't have to but we had her save some of that once you 
Yeah, I'm like, once you start working, you can't it's, stop. It's not going to stop for a long fucking time, you know. So mm-hmm. take advantage of your youth, but you know, they just they're they're so ready to grow up and. Ash is the baby. He'll be 16 next month, and and he's about to start driving. And I'm just like, oh god. Yeah. Not this. <laughs> not this again. Let me have you, know. you for like one more year where you're just still my kid. You know. But you know, at least he's not smoking cigarettes and. You know, getting excited because the whores are arriving. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at least not to oh, my god. knowledge, and we don't have any creepy lady upstairs. That's. That you know yeah. Of. <laughs> he's he's a sheltered boy. I'm okay with that. <laughs> he's not too sheltered. No, not too sheltered. But you know, he's like I'm not a he, helicopter mom. He reminds me a lot of me when I was a teenager. Just spends a whole lot of time in his room, plays his guitar. You know, looks at whatever he's looking at on the internet. Uh, drums is what he's looking at. Drums. He's looking at drums. <laughs> yeah, beating his drums. Stop me! Don't make this weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, my little boy, stop it! <laughs> he's, not, he's not a boy anymore. He's a he's a young man. He's a young gentle man. He's my boy. Aww, he's your baby boy. He's my youngest, so like you have to understand. Why are the socks crunchy? The girls are the girls are so much older. They're like seven and five years older, and then there's him. And yeah. he was my little miracle baby. So it's like, I'm, I have an attachment issue. Oh. I'm working on it. I was confused about the witch's death. Like, we see her, like, you know, at the edge of this highway, and everybody's, like, looked over and just speeding past her. But then when the police find her body, um, it's a completely different location. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, yeah, she's not, she's not hanging out with white rocks no more. <laughs> yeah. well, I was thinking, you know, um, our priest, who we're not really suspecting because he doesn't have a lot of screen time. Um, it's, but like he's, I mean, he when you watch it the second time, you see him a lot more. But, um, you know, it, it's possible that he, he tampered or moved her because, you know, some of the boys had been moved or tampered with. You know what I'm saying? Like, because now that that suspect is eliminated, but there's going to be more deaths. I don't know. Maybe he was just trying to. I don't know. I'm 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 overreaching a little bit on this, but yeah, I'm I was like real confused. I was like, wait a minute, how'd her body get over there? <laughs> she teleported. Magic. <laughs> it's magic. And the music during her death scene was kind of rad, though. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, it was. was. You talk about that rock song that was on the radio, the car radio. Yeah, I mean, like we hear yeah. two different types of music, and I think they're they're both really cool. They're, they're both work. good. The music is fantastic in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just uh, Someone said- lightning in a bottle with this movie. Yeah, yeah, fantastic as all of the different police vehicles that they have. <laughs> I mean, I have to say, like, as far as like uh, his biggest rival was Dario Argento, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, Argento did tend to have better music consistently in his films, but it's because Argento is a musician. Oh, I didn't know that. Did you read that? And if you read, you know, the Wikipedia page on Fulci, his later years were quite sad. And Argento yeah. basically single handedly tried to like 
bring him back and I don't know, save him. And it and then and then Nargel like pay for his funeral expenses and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, it's very, he, very, he, he had yeah, Fulci yeah. had some, some issues. Fulci was like a fucking institution, you know what I'm saying? Like Fulci was a he competed with Argento, but obviously Argento was sort of like the young buck in all of this, and his dad produced his movies. And um, you know, Fulci was before him, Baba was before him. And like Lamberto Baba, uh, Mario Baba's son, actually worked with um, Argento for a long time. And then when he decided to direct his own films, Argento produced them. So he was always still keeping a hand in and respecting the entire um, giallo and Italian horror, you know, community. So Argento's a dick, but like he he paid his respects, you know. No, he did his things. So before you go to shoot reviews, can you guys talk for a minute? I just need to walk away for a sec, but I will be right back. No. My favorite thing that Fulci ever gave us was the tagline from Zombie 2, we are going to eat you. It's yeah. just, it just <laughs> says what it says, you know. It's, it's not so all good. right. We are going to eat you. Right. right to I the love point. that. I love that poster. Yeah. I love and, that and, that, and, and that eye gouge scene is, of course, famous. Yeah. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah, the con we went to over the weekend, they had all of these like um retro looking like dolls or whatever on the on the card and there was one for zombie and it's just like the toothpick or or the, like the wooden the wooden yeah the bit of wood. <laughs> yeah. That's become so iconic. I love that movie. Which now which one is it where the zombie fights the shark? That's it's that movie. That's, that's in that one too. Yeah, that's yep. that's if you read about how they film that scene, it's fucking hilarious. Like they, they, they're like, they're like, well, you know, we could sedate the shark, but no one really knows how to sedate a shark. Like, yeah. like, like, uh, you know, marine biologists are like, yeah, we don't really know. So they just shot it full of stuff and send the stunt man. And it's like, so the shark sedated. And they're like, yeah, probably. probably. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Gave it a bunch of Dilaudid. It'll be okay. Ooh, so the dude, and they were this, with this possibly sedated shark. <laughs> I'd love to read an interview with that stunt man. That'd be a good right. idea. Mm-hmm. Well, we are covering zombies, so yeah, yeah, that'll better. I can say that for zombie. That's my. That's my. <laughs> that's yeah. I love. I love that. I don't think I've ever seen zombies. So I'm in for it's, tri- it's great. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen it in several years, but it's that'll be the music. The music in that one is just. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I, I yeah. love that movie. So what else can we talk about about this movie? How. Huh. Stretch, baby, stretch. So we didn't get any actual like. So the movie, like, so Fulci's known for his gore effects, and people talk about the last, the, the last bit of this movie with the gore, the priest falling down the cliff, and um, the witch's murder. So there's really, but there really is no gore uh, in this movie up until the final, till her yeah. murder, till her yeah. murder, and then it, it's so that's. Uh, I mean, it, you see, kind of, you see, like a couple basic bits, like you know the one. The kid that gets bashed in the back of the head, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, you just, see the after effect, right? Yeah, body. it's very basic. So I found that interesting that you know, he saved that all for last, and then and then he would go on to just do that stuff constantly. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like you you watch this film and you can see like the beginning of what he will later become. You know, and I think it's just mm-hmm. kind of like a testament. You see it with a lot of other directors too. You look at their early work, and you see like the beginnings of what they get into much later. You know, it's like they learn from each film that they do, um, the progression and everything. 
Yeah, I'd love to know his thought process, like why that, why is it later on that became more of his main thing? Was it mainly financial success? I don't know, like why, why that would become more of a thing later on in his career. Right, yeah. Progressing from like doing giallo to actual horror. Straight so, up, yeah, straight up. Yeah. Horror. He might have enjoyed it more. I'm not and sure. And the shock factor of what uh, Italian yeah. horror is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pushing the envelope a little bit, you know? Yeah. Especially, with, especially with the eye gouging. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that the thing about that, too, that makes it so good is that it's, you know, A, the eye is like one of those vulnerable spots. You're so, yeah, you're so, you vulnerable. know? Mm -hmm. And, and, when when he when he they film that it is like so up close you know it's like you can see every fucking detail and it's drawn out too yeah why she couldn't just turn her head to the side i've never quite understood that's <laughs> yeah. okay but that's like like in um uh city of the living dead there is uh m my favorite scene is the the drill to the head mm. and and it is another one of those scenes where it just goes on. It's like, and the camera cuts from the drill to the face to the drill to the face. And it's like, you know, it's you're working that that smoke and mirrors a little bit. Um, but it's just it's that that tension and that suspense that builds up as that drill just kind of gets closer and closer because it's like it's almost like a drill press. And it's mm -hmm. like the drills just get the, the drill bits getting closer and closer. And it's cutting from the spinning drill to the reaction of the guy's face. And then the drill and then the guy's face. And you see it just getting closer and closer. And it just builds up, you know, and it's very similar to that splinter getting closer and closer to her eye. It gives you time to think about it, what it would feel like. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which I couldn't even fucking imagine. No, thank you. It's bad enough getting a splinter in my finger. I couldn't imagine what oh, it's yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> have you do you know of or have you seen hair splinters mm. no so like dog groomers and cosmetologists um are like the main like people who have these but basically like as you're shearing dogs or animals oh or, yeah or, yeah or you're cutting hair that hair flies off and it gets embedded mm -hmm. in the skin and oh wow and it's like a hair splinter and that stuff fucking hurts. <laughs> like had it happen to me, it's not not nice. Yeah, yeah. So then you're trying to pull hair, depending on how long you're trying to get that hair out of the skin. Some dog groomers just wind up having to be like waxed on various parts of their body that may be exposed while they're grooming to pull the hair out. Wow, I've never heard of that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fucking painful. And then we've got porcupines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've had I I work with a lot of uh like sheet metal type stuff at work and I've had metal splinters. Mm -hmm. And they're the worst. That fucking sucks. Yeah, they're yeah. the worst. I had one in my thumb that got it got pushed underneath the skin and then it healed. Yeah, the skin just grows over it. And yes. that and that thing was in my thumb for weeks and it just every time I touched it or hit it on something. Oh my God. It hurts so fucking bad. Yeah. My dad welds and he's, 
he's done that since I was little. Um, and like now if he goes through like a metal detector or whatnot, he just, he just likes that. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> he has all the metal splinters all over the place from, wow. from years of welding. I mean, something I just noticed about the, the poster for this film is a red herring too, because it shows the witch <laughs> with her crazy face. Yeah, so it's the, the even the, the poster's trying to fool you a little bit there. Yeah. I just I don't know. There's something I just enjoy the supernatural twist. Mm-hmm. And I and I just I mm-hmm. I wish that they would have went that route. Um but you know, that's just me being picky. No, I mean that was a good good route for them to have taken because they made such a big deal about it and a big deal with her, you know, dunking the the dolls in black wax, which it took me forever to figure out what she was dumping into. Right. When I said it, I would, I would still continue with that looks like sewage. So that's what we're going to pretend it is. Um, but yeah, they, they did so many like shots and spent so much time on her that, Putting the you pins know, in and burying right. them, and yeah, going going through this whole ritual, and so it's like you would think like it has something to do with this, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, even maybe she's controlling the priest and causing him to do what yeah, he's doing. You know, I mean, yeah, they made this whole deal with her when she went to the police station, where she was saying that, you know, yeah, I killed him. Um, and, and then told them about the voodoo dolls and then that, you know, she dabbles in black magic and that the devil picks a vessel to actually carry out uh, those deeds. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe she did. Yeah. Maybe that's what the priest was overcome by. He was the vessel. Mm-hmm. Very weird. Okay, I have to edit this bit out. <laughs> we've officially, well, we, we've run out of things to talk about. Well, we talk about what candies away. Well, I've got some interesting reviews, so no, bring it on. Oh, okay. I can't wait. I'm gonna wait till Candy comes back because I didn't share any of them with her. Oh, okay, we, we can just edit all this out. This will this will be a surprise. Uh, okay. Oh, surprise. Oh, not, and we're coming up on Valentine's Day, so it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Oops, one second here. You guys doing anything exciting for Valentine's Day? Are we? Oh, we we haven't we haven't told we need to talk about that because uh, also our anniversary we we our anniversary is the seventh. Oh, nice the, the anniversary of our first date. Right. So we kind of combine things. We kind of kind of combine the two. Sure. We haven't talked about that. We're gonna do something. I'm thinking, oh. I'm thinking oak or the or the Korean wagyu mm-hmm. on the yeah. handle thing. Yeah. Good. We have a really good steakhouse here that has wagyu uh, steaks and oh nice. Uh, yeah, they have like fantastic ribeyes and uh, yeah, mouth is watering now. <laughs> Just thinking about it. <laughs> yes. Just realized I'm hungry. Oh uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but the, I think the Mad Monster Party in um, North Carolina is the weekend after Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. I'm getting to see Robert England's going to be there and um, Keith David and Lance Henriksen. It's be a lot of fun. Hey, and that then, sounds cool. Yeah, yeah, my personal favorite, Devin Sow, is going to be there too. 
Oh, he's great. Cool. Yeah, I'll get to ask him about SLC Punk. Yeah. Nice, nice. That and Idle Hands. Yes. Yeah, but like that was like my he he was my uh, teenage crush with Casper and Now and Then and Little Giants. Mm-hmm. All of that. So. Yeah, his character in SLC Punk is fucking great. Yes, I love it. Sean. Yep. Yes. <laughs> so is there anything else that uh, anybody wants to add about this film pre uh, reviews? I think we took care of all that <laughs> while you were gone. <laughs> Listen, I have to go smoke like a 12 year old boy, okay? <laughs> it's all right. That's what editing is for. Don't smoke in yeah. the house, so, you know. <laughs> Um, so I'm kind of doing this thing the last couple episodes, uh, becoming a new thing where I'm just sharing some more positive things that we're getting on social media about the episodes we're going to do before we get what? into the bad. So mm. I'm going to share. I didn't wish I, I had time or I had thought of it previous to look up um, that original bulgy post I did was probably the end of last year, but share some of that where they were all like, don't do a duckling, but um. So the tweet is, we are continuing to talk Lucio Fulci with our recording of Don't Torture a Duckling on the House of Screens tonight. It is widely considered Fulci's best film. Do you agree? And that was the, that's what I tweeted. Um, Joe Muldoon says, for me, Fulci's best is City of the Living Dead, bonafide classic. A priest hangs himself and in doing so opens the gates of hell, causing a zombie apocalypse. What's not to love? My top three are City of the Living Dead, Zombie Flesh Eaters, and The House by the Cemetery. Look forward to listening. Um, my personal favorite, this is Josh. My personal favorite is The Beyond, but this is his most explicit criticism of Catholicism and it's a really great giallo. Um, AM Story says, looks good. Well, okay, that one's worth sharing. They said, looks good. I can't wait to hear it. Okay, um, Ian Graham says, it's a, that's a really tricky, tricky one. It's a great film, but so is The Beyond, Massacre Time, and Zombie Flesh Eaters, among many others. So I was kind of hoping like the uh, Don't Torture a Duckling people were going to come out for this one, but it, now it's kind of like, well, you should do City of Living Dead or you should do The Beyond. So we will. But uh, yeah, we'll get you know, there. Thanks for chiming in on the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so are we, are we ready? I think sure. so. I am. Crystal. That was the old spice. Yeah. <laughs> You didn't you didn't you didn't want to bring the Italian flair? I you know, I try yeah, to do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, no. The migraine's really prevent, preventing me from doing a lot of stuff. Oh, <laughs> you poor thing. I'm yeah, sorry. She... I get clustered, so I feel you. Yeah, I'm heavily uh, medicated at this point. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, for Sean's shitty reviews, <laughs> we are looking at the Rotten Tomato score 83% from the critics. And 76% from the audience. Um, Kathleen K says, Bah, those kids deserve to die. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Disagree. Disagree. 
Brandon Gomez says, false advertising. There's no duck in this movie. Don't waste your time. <laughs> it's a total snooze fest. There is a duck. <laughs> there um, is. Yeah. Nomenclature says, I knew I'd hate this. Does that make me a psychic? um ghosts are real says i just don't like falchi okay okay (laughs) okay okay it's allowed um now i took this from a long ass post this was um uh let's see adam loves bad movies and this was part of his uh it was a uh horror movie uh watch fest and this was number 18 watch any horror movie with the word don't appearing in the title look at the basement and he says i love that one lucio fulci huh don't mind if i do edit (laughs) oh yeah i forgot i don't have patience for a lot of old 70s italian movies oh well (laughs) (laughs) that gets rid of a lot of the don't movies yeah um, Paul Waller says, hmm, it's all right. What I expected, really. The title, though, for fuck's sake. <laughs> all right. Uh, this was another long one. Uh, this was a live review. Um, basically reviewed it on Letterboxd as they watched it. Wow. And some of it was pretty funny, uh, but I chose uh, the meaty part. Brendan Francis. <clears throat> You'd never see those bragging, nostalgic boomer posts from people who were kids from Italy in the 1970s. (laughs) Back in the day, we smoked cigs and made fun of Giuseppe for watching an old guy fuck two obese geriatric hookers before serving drinks to our naked aunt who mocks our masculinity, then proposes we fuck. There's a lot of damage here. (laughs) Wow. Giuseppe. Giuseppe. Uh, John says, don't torture me with this, with such a boring movie. I just wanted more to happen. Extreme highs, but such a slog at times. Barbara, Barbara Boucher, though, sweet Christmas. <laughs> Ethan says, maybe not for me, but Barbara Boucher is very relatable because being stranded in a tiny Catholic town and going to great lengths just to smoke some weed is essentially my experience every time I visit my parents. sj honeywell says child murders and a warm woman who flirts nude with kids this one feels oily (laughs) (laughs) oily oily and that's all i got for you tonight kids (laughs) i was expecting the special effects ones Oily. No, th- there were a couple that that I, mentioned. I there would be. There were a couple that mentioned the the finale special effect, but you know we covered it. Fight. So. Yeah, in 1972, that was some that was some strong stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for the time, it wasn't bad. Yeah. All righty. Um. So go into my review. It, it won't be a shock to anyone. I've been I've been pimping this movie for about a year. We have some delays, so just now getting around to it. And I was determined we're gonna fucking do it. So <laughs> my review's not gonna be shocking. I give it a nine point five out of ten headless dolls. Um, you know, for Fulci, who 
later would sacrifice a lot of story or character development or, you know, logic. Um, mm -hmm. Even for a horror movie, there's got to be some logic that at least exists within the horror movie verse, but with what you're doing, like his logic doesn't even exist there. Like see house by the cemetery. Okay. <laughs> We're in, you know, example, but this movie has, um, I, I love like traditional Jalo where it's a crime story. We have a lot of like really cool elements. There's like, you know, um, with the superstitions in the town and, uh, we have a literal witch hunt, um, mm -hmm. You know, so that there's a commentary there about people who are different um, in more than one way in this, like, you know, very integral to the plot story um, is, you know, the younger sister, her name is escaping me. It's something with an M and it'll hit me later. Um, actually, I didn't write it down, but um, she's integral to the plot and she's different. Like they make some kind of rude comments about it earlier on. And <laughs> she, the, the, the fact is that they were able to, narrow it down and find out the murderer because she's taking that heads off dolls. Um, we have the witch who's different, who's not really a witch, but they all call her that regardless. And um, they kill her because they need a scapegoat. She's different. You know, I like those. I mean, that's just a reflection of like the real witch hunts that happened in the centuries before. So that's cool. Um, I, I like when people attack the Catholic church as a lapsed Catholic as a former Catholic, um, I, I like to see this. And, um, you know, it's pretty brave. Like, you know, Dave was saying, like, you know, here's this Italian guy who was attacking the Catholic church, you know, like that's just not done, not at that time period. So there's a lot of bravery there. And, and I also love the bravery, even though like, you know, people laugh about the effect. I really think like that last scene is super important. We would get all the gore that we need to, to go into slashers which is what developed directly from Jalo films. Um, it's so important that it existed and so important that he took this chance, even not having, you know, the skill or the technology to pull it off the way that where it would look more realistic or something. Um, he went there and that gave a lot of other people the inspiration to make those effects happen, to make them look better, um, to just do the effects in general, not the cutaways or anything else. He never shies away from that. So and, and this just has like a really good story to it. Uh, you don't like anybody, and you're not supposed to. Mm -hmm. It's doing its <laughs> job. Um, you can have too many sympathetic characters in, in a Jalo film. And um, yeah, I, I just think it, it's really brilliantly done. And it's it's uh, definitely a favorite of mine. It's not my favorite Jalo, but it's really, really good. And I think it's definitely uh, my favorite piece of work from him. And that's saying something because I do enjoy a lot of his work. And when I don't, it's House by the Cemetery. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, House by the Cemetery. <laughs> that's good for laughs, but it, that's about it. And it's a Namely lot. Bob. Fuck you, Bob. Yeah. 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 But more importantly, fuck his parents and, and his babysitter <laughs> and really the parents. Yeah. I blame the parents. We have coffee. <laughs> oh, yeah. We don't <laughs> worry about all the Let me just mop Jesus. up this gallon of blood on the floor. And I think, you know, just as like a, to, to wrap it up, um, him setting it, you know, where, whereas like House by the Cemetery is one of those ones where he, oh, it takes place in New England and America. Like, no, the fuck it doesn't. <laughs> no, it does not. You're not good at this. But like this <laughs> taking place in like, you know, this uh, rustic older town, um, small town mentality works there. It works in any kind of culture that you're always going to have that. 
and setting it like you know northern uh, was it northern country of, of like above sicily or something mm -hmm. um out there it's a beautiful setting it works it's removed it there's some archaic thinking still like there isn't any small town it works it's it's really smart and uh yeah so 9.5 out of 10 uh have a sauce and i'm gonna give this uh candy don't kill me um a 7.5 out of 10 uh, 7.5 out of 10 million lira Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's like 12 bucks um look i i've said it before and i've said it again a fan of giallo i am not um and you like crime movies oh sorry i i, I do <laughs> i like crime movies yes i do i like true crime movies but it's just something about giallo films that i just i don't know i just i can't i can't get behind tenebrae probably probably my favorite so I'll agree with you on that. um and and you know what i i will give credit where credit's due Fulci says this is his best work kudos to him i disagree but um <laughs> it, you know th there are some things about this film that i i do like um it was it did it did pull off the whodunit factor um it totally made me think, like we said earlier, uh, that uh, uh, what's her name, Fabrizia, that that she, you know she had the biggest red herring in this film, and you know I think they did a good job with that. I just I wish, in my opinion, they would have went the supernatural route. Um, you know the gore in this was fairly tame for Fulci, but you could definitely see that this was the beginning. Uh, of what he would later become. The scenery in this was fantastic. Italy is fucking beautiful. Mm -hmm. And uh, fuck those kids. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I guess I'll go next. Um, I'm giving this 9 out of 10 creepy Chimo vibes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like so. Yeah, this this was like my first time seeing it all the way through. Prior to seeing this, I'd probably have to say that um, the Beyond was my favorite Fulci film, followed closely by Zombie. But now this one might be a contender uh, as opposed to the Beyond. Like I need to rewatch the Beyond and then compare the two. But I liked a lot of things about this movie. There were some very effective scenes that really stick in your mind um helped by like really fantastic editing um and yeah could have lived without like the creepy like child seduction thing going on near the beginning but i mean that does play into the the red herring with that character so i kind of get it that said they needed to I, I took a point off because they are they did not like really follow up with why she's that way around kids and and like they kind of made her too normal at the end I think um, so that that was my only issue with this otherwise I think it it really is a masterpiece in a lot of ways. Well, I put the beyond on there for you, so we will get to that. Excellent. <laughs> um. So. I'm going to give this six out of 10 whips and chains. Don't excite her. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, like for me, 
I had a hard time paying attention to it, uh, probably because we didn't have subtitles. Um, it, it, it's a movie. Um, so, and it's more of a movie than I've ever made, except for that one on OnlyFans. But, um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a classic. Yes, a classic. Um, but, you know, I could see maybe where it was going because I, I actually did enjoy The House by the Cemetery more than this. Like, oh. well, I mean, I liked more of the gore that were that was in that. And, you know, Bob, bless him. Yeah, I mean, he was he was working four jobs trying to pay that mortgage down. Um, <laughs> Bob was Bob was the adult of that movie. Um, but uh, this one, you know, like it, it built up and it built up slowly. And then we finally got some payoff or a little bit of a payoff, like the last five minutes of the movie. Um, I, and I did like the pup named Scooby-Doo uh, red herrings that it threw out. So. For me, six out of ten whips and chains don't excite her. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I am going to give this seven out of ten redheaded red herrings, and I'm so <laughs> and I'm so proud of the alliteration I just got out of that that yeah. I have nothing else. That's to amazing. Say. I'm, yeah, that's, I'm that's just gonna live. I'm just gonna live in that glow. <laughs> and, and, and also to say that anything that criticizes the, the Catholic Church, I'm down with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. yeah. I did. I did enjoy the subtext. Yeah. Uh, it was courageous of him. I, I, I wish I, I don't know. I'd love to read his autobiography. Is there a Fulci autobiography out there? Probably. Like, there is a, um, there's a when, documentary. Yeah. yeah. When Larry talked oh, about it briefly when we did House by the House Cemetery. By the cemetery yeah. Is it yeah. F uh, or Fulci? What was it, Erica? Uh, on Shutter, um, there's one called uh, Fulci or Fake or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. But there are plenty of books out there. I don't believe he wrote an autobiography, though. But, you know, that, that, that's why I love doing this podcast is because it's, it's uh, introducing me to films that I probably would not otherwise have seen. And that's, you know, as a horror fan, yeah. I, I want it all. Whether I love it or don't quite love it, it's fine. It's all part of the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the it's, all part of, yeah, it's all part of the gravy. I want to I want to know it all. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, like we have some titles that are coming up that I, I've not seen. Um, some that, that other people, you know, you guys have all picked. So I'm kind of making it like a potpourri. Like, okay, I'm gonna for this month, I'm gonna throw these titles in, you know, for everybody. So we're gonna have like a lot of jumps in tone, and there's gonna be stuff I haven't seen. So I'm I'm pretty excited about that, actually. Yeah, I always want to know more. I always want to know more. Yeah, and I've been, uh, I've been foisting off all of my Italian horror on everybody, and you know, I'm gonna. Take in whatever everybody else is serving up. <laughs> and, and one of the films we're going to be doing, uh, Trilogy of Terror. Dave, was that your pick? It was and your me, pick. I, I think that was one of the ones I threw on that list. Yeah, okay. mainly like Karen Black. Uh, yeah, Sharon. so I, I, yeah, got the, yeah, I, I got the green light from uh, one of the guys I work with. Trilogy of Terror is the movie that scared the shit out of him, and he refuses to watch it. Wow. And, so he's he's given me the green light to tell his story when we cover that. Oh, yeah, so I'm looking, cool. looking forward to it. I don't know that I've seen that. So. Oh, it's so good. I haven't uh, seen it. Oh, it is good. My mom showed it to me. The little Zuni doll. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the gotcha. Yeah. Comes up I with the knife. On, on Karen yes. Black, though, so that's going to be divisive. So good. Yeah. <laughs> it's not too bad, but people are going to be like, why the fuck are you talking about that? Trust me, it's oh. an issue. It's an issue. <laughs> <laughs> I like her. 
The one I'm most nervous about, as I put on the list, is that um, uh, children shouldn't play with dead things. Yeah. I actually like that one. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think anyone has. I don't think anyone has seen that. I'm a little nervous about it because that I've was one of And Tom Savini forever was going to remake it, and he didn't. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. so weird. It's so weird. He in like the '90s <laughs> that he was going to remake it, and I had seen the original because you know days in the video store where I would just pick whatever, and I like the title. But yeah, I saw that. I haven't seen it since then. So it's it's, so it, it's, it just, it's proof that like in the 70s, years. everyone was high. <laughs> everyone was high. <laughs> it's, it's pretty, th that's going to be a fun one. Yeah, it's so yeah. fun. It's going to be really fun. So, yeah, we've got a lot of exciting things coming up, a lot of core potpourri, because we're all going to be all over the place. And I, I'm going to keep coming back to, to Fulci because a lot of people are requesting it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm down for that. I'm, I'm here for it. So I'm just like excited that we got to talk about this movie. I've been talking about it forever. My secret Santa got me. Oh yeah. Really badass version. So Hell yes. Yeah. I was like, Ooh. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Very pleased with it. And the book that, uh, that I also got was really cool too. Cool. Yay. My next book is going to be so deadly, so perverse and it's so expensive. So that's why it's, you know, it should be called like so fucking expensive and so <laughs> work through movies in there and see what I can torture everybody with. So mm. anyway, it's been it's been really fun tonight, guys. Thank you so much yeah. for being here. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to next week because we need to talk about vampires. So Oh my Bill god. Let's yeah. talk about I, Bill Paxton. Yeah, not just any yeah, vampires. I, I want to talk about specifically him, but finger licking good. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking hot in that movie. Dave's already called his quote. Yes. Oh, there's so many. That, 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 talk about a movie that's quotable to the nth degree. There's a lot of good quotes. Yeah, like there, there's so many oh, good ones. So I'm going to have to like puzzle through and see which one. Oh, I'm my God. Those. So quotable. And, and yeah, that was another one that got held off. So I've been ready to do it for a while. I'm like, Ooh, yeah. yeah, let's do this. We actually did the same thing as you guys. We found a, a, a copy on DVD because it hasn't been re released. And uh, it wasn't streaming anywhere, so we grabbed a copy. It was hard to find. Yeah, it was hard to yeah. find. We, we found yeah. it because we go to this secondhand store, and we found a lot of really cool shit for like two bucks, and we found it. And I was like, I'm grabbing it. Yeah, nice. so I can pass that up. Excellent. Can't wait. Love it. I'm excited. Thank you guys for being here tonight, and you know, you. giving Jalu a chance. <laughs> it's a kitty. Oh, there's your baby. Where's my baby at? He is sleeping is he on top of the, Yeah, he wore himself out. <laughs> he came in here at one point, burst the door open, came in here, meowed at me, ran around, and then left. And I was like, what the fuck? Here, I'll, <laughs> see, if, I'll see if I can get Baby. the computer. Yeah, our cat, yeah, when I, I'm like sitting on the can, and like, she, oh, doesn't just push, she doesn't just push the door, but she like flings it she open. She knocks it open. Like, like, like a, a saloon yeah. in a and I'm, like, sitting there, like, my cat, uh, Baby comes in there, and it's just like, boom. And I'm like, I'm on the toilet, literally, what the fuck, man? Let <laughs> <laughs> me just leave. I'm like, okay. And then and leaves the door open. Yeah. So I can't really get up at this time period, but... I hey. would like, if I was working on my PhD, I would do one based uh, on the connection between horror fans and cat people i think that there's a big correlation because as, as horror fans we'd like to be abused a little i think we're a little bit <laughs> we're a little bit masochistic it the pleasure centers in our brain yeah and there's something about having a cat which is basically you're in a horror movie you got this little demon living with you 
That's true. And we love them. You know they've thought about it. You know, I could kill them if I wanted to, but they feed me. Right. They give me treats. We like to live on the edge of danger. We are their slaves. Yeah, that'd be be a PhD thesis at the correlation between horror fans and cat people. Yeah. That would be fascinating. You should do that. Yeah, little the fangs, the claw, the murder mittens. <laughs> and the fact that, like, when they scratch you or bite you, you always assume it's your fault. What's that called? Uh, it's just like, uh, uh, you know, I can't think of the syndrome where it's always your fault. No matter what someone does to you, I can't you're the think one of the term for it, but I do feel like my cat yeah, it's, it's like, like, oh, me I, I, I had that coming. He trips me, and then I apologize to him. <laughs> right, then <laughs> that's the thing about cat owners we spend our time apologizing to them you know <laughs> like, that's right human yes, <laughs> we, do. we do love our cats yes yeah. we do do they love us sometimes sometimes when they, <laughs> they want to when it's there, is, and it there is an old movie that I, I won't go into too deep but the best line at the end is where this cat who also becomes a human um she says to the the children I love you as much as you deserve. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's cats. Nice, yeah. nice. <laughs> well, everybody have a good night and yeah. we will reconvene next week. Looking yeah. forward to it. Yay. Excellent. Good right, night, folks. Have a good night. Have See a good you guys. night. Bye. Love you guys. Bye.